Bible your, or your electronic device. Let's make our declaration of faith. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, come on, everybody, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of Numbers, chapter number 22, starting at verses number one, the scripture declares, then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at that time, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beor. Balak said, people has come out of Egypt. They covered the face of the land and have settled next to me. Six declares, now come and somebody shall put a curse. He, he, he asked Balaam to come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse, he says, is cursed. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you once again for this opportunity to minister the word of God to the people of God, hiding myself now behind the cross that men may not see. Give honor, glory to Greg, but all honor, mm, all glory goes to you, and it is in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree, somebody shout amen. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, let's start here. Today is a transitional message. Again, I thought my last message on leadership was last week, but there was something else that God slow cooked in my soul on this week, and it's going to serve as a transitional piece coming out of our leadership series, going into our next thought on next week. So follow me for a second. If, if it is true what I've been ministering for, I believe, seven weeks now, that God is making preparation for exaltation for the house of God. God is getting ready to make a distinction between Egypt and Goshen. Elevation, somebody shout, elevation is coming. I need you to embrace that in your soul, that elevation both naturally and spiritually is coming because God desires to expand the kingdom of God and the way that he chooses to expand the kingdom is by promoting you. Are y'all with me in this place? Here's the challenge of being promoted. Not only does God see your promotion, not only does your brothers and your sisters see exaltation, but the devil also sees it and your haters. So the question that I want to pose today, God help me, how do believers prepare for natural and physical attacks? Because folk are coming, situations are arising, and there's some things that I need to minister to the people of God to prepare. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we got to get prepared. 
Now, this is not a message of fear. Indeed, it's a message of preparation because the devil is coming. So as I begin to just kind of chew on this thought for a second, because, I mean, let's be, let's be real. Now, you can, you can go out and get a knife and a gun, and I'm, I'm not against that, except for, except for my wife. My wife said she was going to get a gun. So I took her to the gun range. And when we left, I told her, you're not getting a gun. <laughs> You're not getting a gun. Y'all know the little deal where you got the criminal and, they, and, and he's holding hostage the woman. Both the criminal and the woman was dead when we left there. <laughs> so you're not getting the gun, okay? <laughs> you can get an alarm system. You can get cameras. And all of that stuff is well and good. But at the end of the day, as a, somebody shout, as a believer, as, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, what is the thing that, that separates me from the rest of the world, that prepares me from physical attacks? So as I begin to meditate on this particular thought, Scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter number 2, verses 1, came to mind. And I want to read a couple of verses here. The Bible declares, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Three declares, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Why was King Herod disturbed? Because King Herod was an appointed king of Jerusalem by the Roman Empire. And he hears of this baby that's supposed to be born, this prophecy that was proclaimed concerning a kingdom that would be established that would overturn his. So he is disturbed. So this is the, the wisdom that he gives to the Magi. Verse number 8 declares, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now we understand that Herod ain't, Herod ain't trying to worship the baby. He wants to kill Jesus. Jesus' life is in physical danger because a king is after him. To demonstrate the extreme measures that your haters, that your enemies will go to, come on somebody, to try to take you out. When he found out that he was deceived by the Magi, the scripture declares in verse number 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill, watch this, all the boys in Bethlehem's and, and his vicinity and were two year, that were two, year, uh, two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi, say it plainly, Pastor, as a believer, how do I prepare for natural and physical attacks? How do I prepare for lunatics that walk in schools, hold a gun at, right to a, a baby's head? How do I prepare for the time that the scripture talks about that men's consciences would be seared with a hot iron, meaning that they would be able to do some of the most hideous things and feel nothing. Walk in your house, kill you dead, and before they leave, cook themselves breakfast. How do you prepare? This is how you prepare. We rely, everybody shout, we rely on the voice of God. We rely on, the, because I, I can get a gun, I can get a security, so I, I, don't, I don't have enough money to put cameras everywhere a camera could possibly go. My budget is limited. 
all, I can't even think of all the creative things that a, that, that a criminal could do to bring harm to myself or to my family. I, I, I'm, I'm exhausted financially. I'm exhausted mentally trying to think of everything. But as a believer, we have the voice of God that we rely on. The Bible declares in Matthew 2, 12, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Verse 13 declares, watch this, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he said, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. 14 declares, so he got up. Somebody shout, you got to obey. Got to obey. Physical danger is approaching. My, my defense as well as my offense is the voice of God. About, about a year ago after Hurricane Zeta, this, um, this, this tree, big old oak tree, uh, fell down. It split in like three or four different pieces in my yard. Not a big deal. I grew up around hurricanes all my life along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. When everything is done, you go outside with your chainsaw. You get up the limbs out of your yard, then you help your neighbors. That's what we do. So ain't no need to call somebody. This is what I do. So I go out there with my little chainsaw, put my earmuffs on. I got the good, I got the, I got the expansive earmuffs. Kind, you can't hear nothing but your thoughts. Can't even hear my chainsaw. So I'm, I'm welling on this tree, getting the outer limbs and all that kind of stuff, taking it to the road. Kids was helping for five minutes, then they went inside. So I'm left with this big old base, about this big, big old base. So I cut it down and it falls down, but it's leaning on this branch. So in order to get the base, I need to get this branch here. So I got the chainsaw and, and I'm, I'm, I'm welling on this branch. Got on my earmuffs and while I'm welling on it, I hear something say, Greg! I took my earmuffs off. I said, what? I walked around the house. Who called my name? I go inside. I said, baby, did you call my name? No, I ain't call you. I go back outside. Get ready to well on that branch again. And I said, no, let me just move over here. That don't look safe. And I started welling on that branch again, and before I cut through it, the branch snapped. And that whole log fell in a second, in an instant, right where my left leg was planted. If God called out to Abraham, Abraham, stay thine hand. I believe God called my name that day. Because had that landed on my leg... According to Gray's Anatomy, I would have lost it. <laughs> My dad has a testimony that he shares from time to time, just got saved at the shipyard walking. And he hears something tells him to stop. And he pauses, stops. And a split second later, a beam falls out the sky, lands directly in front of his feet. I'm telling the people of God that in the time and the season that we're living right now, we've got to rely on the voice of God to keep us safe. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, here's the good news that I want to share with you all today. When it comes to the voice of God, I hear God not because I'm a pastor. I hear God not because of my title. I hear God because I am, everybody shout, because I'm a child of God. 
That's why you hear the voice of God. The scripture declares, watch this in the book of John. John chapter number 10, verse number 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And just, just, just in case there's any ambiguity as to who the shepherd is, verse 11 declares, watch this, I am the good shepherd. Now it's interesting that, that Jesus would use this analogy of sheep and shepherd. Everybody shout, I am a sheep. It's interesting he would use that example because a sheep has an innate ability to distinguish the voice of their shepherd. You can have three shepherds and, and three different herds all intermingled together, and a shepherd can make this, this distinctive voice, and out of all three herds, only his sheep will come to him because they have an innate ability to hear the voice of their shepherd. And I'm telling you as a believer, I don't care what you've been through, I don't even care what you're going through, you have the ability to hear the voice of God. Some of y'all got the testimony of what it feels like to be in a club, sloppy drunk, and with your drunk self, God still talking to you. Why? Because although you in sin, come on, although you drunk, although you off your game, you still a sheep. Come on, somebody. And you have the ability to hear your shepherd's voice. So with all the craziness that's going on, and let me, let me just say this because I want to help just for a moment. I don't apologize when I hear God. And I don't have to always have the full story before I obey God. If I feel it and I say I'm not going, I'm just not going. Why you ain't going? I don't have a good reason, but I feel something in my spirit telling me to stay home today. So how do you prepare for a natural and a physical attack? Somebody shouted again, we rely on the voice of God. But what I really want to deal with today is not a physical attack. I want to deal with what do you do as a believer to prepare for a spiritual attack? Let me deal with this for a moment. In our foundational text, the Bible declares, the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, this king of Moab, now, he has seen, heard the testimonies of how these slave people bankrupt Egypt and not only bankrupt them, destroy their entire kingdom. Whole army drowned in the Red Sea. He's heard the testimony that every nation that opposes the children of Israel, they subdue them. And now the ones that bankrupt Egypt overturned Egypt, the ones that looked up all of these other nations around them, they have come and encamped right next door to my kingdom. So as a king, what do I do? Don't need to launch an attack right now because I've seen others fall in the situation and predicament that I'm in right now. So this is what Balak, Balak does. The Bible declares Moab, his entire kingdom was terrified because there was so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us. As an ox licks up the grass of the field, so Balak, son of Zippor, 
who was king of Moab at that time, look at the wisdom of this natural king. The Bible declares, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beor. Balak said, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. And I'm telling you today that there are some folk that might be talking about you, that this woman of God, this so-called goody-two-shoe Christian, come on somebody, I ain't even got half the degrees I got, but it looks like she about to get the promotion that I feel that I deserve. I need somebody to help me to stop her from taking the position that I want to have. So Balak says, I'm not going to be like the rest of the nations that get out there and fight these folk. Come on, somebody, and get whooped. He, he didn't say the devil is a lie. He said, he said Baal is a lie. <laughs> so the Bible declares, verse number six, he says to Balaam, now come and put a curse on these people. I want you to curse her because they are too powerful for me. Understand what a curse is. I want to give you a definition. It's a ritual perform, performance designed to draw the wrath of a deity or a demon on a person, groups, cities, or places. They are composed or spoken with an intent to bring death, destruction, disease, or defeat. Now, now I already know, I already know because I've talked to some of you all before, and I've had conversations about things like this, blessings and curses, and there are some people that just embrace the fact that uh, that stuff, it ain't real. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, what I'm getting ready to talk about today, I've heard some of my mentors give testimonies as they've ministered in Africa and, and Haiti and India and all these other wonderful places where you go places and people, watch this, watch this, they specifically launch not a physical attack but a spiritual attack to pronounce a curse upon you. Now, now to understand the curse of the text, we got to go back to Exodus 17 to understand a blessing that's, uh, 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 that's spoken over the people. We talked about it last week that the Amalekites came against the people of God. Moses sent Joshua down into the valley. Where did Moses go? He went to the mountaintop. What did Mo Moses do in the mountain? He postured himself in a place of intercession. Watch this. So that the favor of God could rest upon the people to supernaturally strengthen them for the battle. So the Bible declares, as long as Moses do, did what, y'all? What did he do? What did he do? As long as he held up his hands, what happened? What happened? The Bible declares that Israel prevailed. But if he lowered his, oh God, if he got out of position of intercession and lowered his hands, who prevailed? Not the children of Israel, but the Amalekites prevailed. So what Balaam is saying, I want you, Balaam, to do the reverse. I want you to go up high upon a mountain. I want you to go to, an, to build an altar to a high place and lift up your hands so that my army can be supernaturally strengthened to overcome the children of God. That's what he's asking Balaam to do. But this is what the Bible declares. I love it. I love it. Numbers 23 and 8 says, Balaam's response was, how can I curse those 
whom God has not cursed. How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? So if cursing someone is invoking, watch this, appealing to a demonic power to invoke destruction over that person, Balaam is saying, I can't grab a hold to a demon and invoke a curse over somebody that God himself has blessed. Everybody make this proclamation. You can't curse what God has blessed. Say it again. You can't curse what God has blessed. Say it one more time. You can't curse what God has blessed. Now, I got to teach this stuff up in here because some of y'all, thank you, Jesus, as I was back there preparing my, my final thoughts of meditation, because as always, God gives me a word, but I'm trying to find out the relevancy of the word. And this is what God spoke to me. God spoke to me and he said that I want you, watch this, to highlight faith so that you can eradicate fear. Because there are some of you all in your own family members, you have families that you have drawn lines because you know mama them, grandmama them, come on somebody, cousin them, they work some stuff. So you careful how you interact with them because watch this, you don't want them working nothing on you. It's quiet up in here for real. This is what I love. What does the scripture declares? No weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment shall be what y'all shall be condemned put that scripture up on the screen look, look 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 let's read it let's read it no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise up against thee uh, uh, shall, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the, this is your right. So this happens to Pastor McGee a couple of times a year, and it just happened recently, a couple of weeks ago, had to do something, had to do something, and, and I was informed that a witch and a warlock would be present and possibly there to oppose you. That's what I was informed. I was informed. And my response was, I'm good because my daddy is powerful than their daddy. <laughs> Matter of fact, my daddy created their daddy. So if it's, a, if, it's a, if it's a battle of son of God against son of the devil, oh, you going. So what I want to do today feel like running, but y'all ain't ready to run with me yet. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got it like that. <laughs> you really do have it just like that. I'm telling you, I got testimonies. I got testimonies of walking through malls and hearing babies, watch this, watch this, babies that were being demonically troubled act out. Never forget, I'm in J.C. Penney, minding my own business. And I hear this child, watch this, not just crying, come on somebody, not just terrible tools, but I sense the presence of something in that baby. Minding my own business as I'm walking out of J.C. Penney, I walk next to the child, the child that's acting out, shuts up 
and locks upon me just like this as I walked. I'm telling you, you got it just like that. I ain't got it like that because I'm a pastor. No, I give you this power because you are a believer. Luke 10, 19, lo, I be I be behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of your enemy and nothing shall by any means what, y'all, hurt you. So when it comes to natural attacks, I'm going to rely on the voice of God. When it comes to spiritual attacks, I do rely on the power of God, but there is a caveat, and I want to give it to you. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. I already made the de declaration, you can't curse what God has blessed. How many received that? Lift your hands if you received that. Lift your hands. Lift, you receive that? All right, put your hands down. But I do want to introduce something else. You can't curse what God has blessed unless what's blessed embraces what's cursed. You got to work with that for a second. Chad, come here for a second, please, please, please. Can I have your wallet? Thank you, sir. You can stand up here. <laughs> it's, it's good. This is my dude. Come out, son. I won't get, get him on camera. Now, now watch this. The devil is a legalist. And I'm telling you today, sad. Shouldn't be, but sad. But it's true. The devil know more word than you do. <laughs> let me say, let me take it a little further. Sad, shouldn't be. But the devil is more obedient to the word than you are. He knows what his limitations are, and he adheres to his limitations. The Bible declares the angels of the Lord came and presented themselves before God, and Satan was there as well. He stays within his boundaries. So, Satan, uh, Chet, you're going to play the devil just for a second. You're just going to be Satan. It's a clean-looking Satan, by the way, y'all. <laughs> devil be clean. That will be clean. Now watch this. <sighs> mm, I don't want to use that example. I'll be general. The devil knocks on my door because I have authority within my sphere of influence. L let me pause there for a second. Let me pause there for a second. Because I need you to understand, and, and because I, I want you to be safe, and I want you to be smart, I want you to be spiritual and smart, all right? So, th this, this is my baby brother here. So, in my house, I arrange furniture in my house. What I don't do is go to his house and arrange his furniture. Watch this. Well, hold on, hold on. Unless I bought his house. Some of y'all take spiritual warfare to the extreme because you're trying to take authority over territory that's not yours yet. And you need to stay 
within your sphere of influence. Everybody has a sphere of authority that God has given to them, and you are to manage your sphere of authority. And it's certain, let me just say it plainly, certain fights you shouldn't be fighting. Stay within your sphere of influence. So there are certain places that the devil has a fight that's not my jurisdiction, but it is somebody's jurisdiction. You understand? So the best that I could or should be doing is praying for the believer whose sphere of influence is there as opposed to dropping my. So if the enemy comes within my sphere of influence, Pastor I is my sphere of influence. Aisha Danielle, Greg Jr., Charity Bonetta, Teresa Janae, Nathaniel Lester, my sphere of influence. My house is my sphere of influence. This, watch this, physical property here, my domain, my sphere of influence. Wherever I see the devil, hmm, I have the authority to make him bow and go. Because God has entrusted this domain to me. So, if the enemy does show up in service, well, this, this, was my, this was my proclamation. <laughs> this was my proclamation. Because I didn't know how far this service was going to go. But I made this proclamation that you can't act out in my church. Not today. No manifestations today. If you speak, you got to go. The moment your voice is heard, you got to go then. Because I'm not dealing with circus devils today. So, if he shows up, I have the authority to put him out. Why? Because he don't have a legal right to infringe upon territory of a person who knows what God has given them. But if I entertain something that belongs to him, although I have authority, my authority has been diminished, maybe even stripped, and it gives him the legal right to be in my house because the guardian of the house, the Adam of the Garden of Eve that God has given authority to, has now entertained something that belongs to somebody else. So let's talk about it. What are you trying to say, Pastor? When you embrace sin, you're embracing the toys of the enemy. And as long as you got his toys, he ain't got to go nowhere. So you can say, devil, I rebuke you all in the name of Jesus. You got to go right now in Jesus' mighty name. And the devil, here's go the devil. If I do go, you're going to invite me back later. Where I'm going? Why leave anyway? Hide in the closet for what? I might as well just sit out on the lounge. We're going to be together anyway later. So in order to get rid of him, I need to get rid of them. Thank you, sir. 
So let's deal with this for a second. Somebody give me, give me a sin. Give me a sin. Give me a sin. Lust. What did I hear? Lying. Fornication. Pride. Hatred. Envy. Jealousy. Strife. Murder. Sin, 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 sin. Now, what's probably happening right now, and I ain't here to hurt you. I really am here to help you. There's like some conviction that's going on because God already told me that I ain't even got to deal with brands of sin because he already been dealing with your brand. So even if I was to call out your particular brand of sin, it won't be like the first time God been dealing with you about it. So this is what many of us are used to doing. We go to an anointed women's conference, men's retreat, church service, and we feel convicted Which one can I tell, Pop? Come on now, because I know you, you're proud of Not the one in the middle. See, I had to ask. I had to ask. Can I do this one right here? Not that one. Y'all ain't going to give me no little one. Don't make me. <laughs> so this is what you do. Fornication. No, I don't want you no more. Lying. I'm, I promise God I'm done. I'm done lying. I'm done lying. I ain't lying, I ain't lying no more. I'm calling and I'm, I'm breaking it off. I don't even want to be over there no more. I'm putting this, this stuff in this bottle. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I ain't never doing it again. Here's the problem. You keep pulling stuff that's growing back. It's growing back. And watch this. What you call in deliverance is really just slow growth. I'm delivered. It's been three months. No, it just took three months for that to grow back again. So, if I, if I really want deliverance, I don't deal with these. If I really want freedom, I got to deal with the roots. If I tear the roots off, if I destroy this, If I destroy this, I ain't never got to worry about these again. 
Everybody shout, destroy the root. Say it again, destroy the root. One more time, destroy the root. All right, Pastor, you're going to have to help me with that one. I mean, because this is a cute little illustration. But if, if, I, if I close out the service with this illustration, all I'm going to give you is just motivation to go home and pick some more leaves and fruit. So if I'm really going to deal with the root of sin, I need to understand what sin really is. Now, if I was asked again for y'all to name sin, you would say fornication, adultery, lying, stealing, murder, and, and all that's wonderful. But the reality is sin is not a verb. It's a noun. Sin is not a verb, it's a noun. Sin is not an action, sin is an entity. And if you only address the actions of sins and never deal with the true entity of sin, you will forever be a defeated Christian. Somebody shout, we got to address the roots. Let me show you in the text. Let me show you in the text. Book of Genesis. Hmm. Chapter number four, verses number seven. The Bible declares, if you do what is right, God talking to Cain after he just had his sacrifice rejected. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is what, y'all? Crouching at your, at your door, and watch this, it what, y'all? It desires to have you, but you must rule over what, y'all? It. So Genesis 4 and 7 gives personality to the entity of sin, giving us to understand that it's more than just things that I do, but literally it's an entity that must be confronted. Book of Romans chapter number 7, verses number 18. Paul writes and he says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I desire, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Paul gives us clarity and understanding. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin. Where, where is it at, y'all? Where is it at? Living in me, I'm, I'm telling you today that sin within itself is an entity that must be overcome. Some of y'all actually think that the devil is bad. He's not. Because according to Ezekiel, iniquity, sin, was the thing that turned him. So sin is what made the devil the devil. And that same sin lives within your flesh. 
And the true, watch this, watch this, it's not the fruit of how it manifests that I should focus on. It's actually the entity itself that has to be subdued and subjected. So there's a problem. It's a problem. God creates this man by the name of Adam. He loves him, visits with him every single day. And the devil put God in a dilemma. He put God in a dilemma. Here's the dilemma. I'm going to introduce what you love to something that you hate, and I'm going to put them together in the same body. And you have a choice. Yeah. Either you totally reject what you hate, thereby rejecting what you love. Or you extend mercy and embrace what you love by default, embracing what you hate. So what am I going to do when what I love and what I hate is in the same body? I'm telling you today that, that the nature of sin lives within you. So God gives a prophetic word of what he's getting ready to do to this dilemma that the devil puts him in. That I'm going to bring about a seed that's going to crush your head. What's, what is head? Head is authority. It is power. What gives the devil authority in your life? It is the sins that you are connected to. It's the stuff, the toys that you embrace that belongs to him. So this is what the scripture declares. <sighs> Watch this. Again, either God is going to embrace what he loves, and if I embrace what I love, I also embrace what I hate, and I can't do that because I'm a holy God. Or I completely reject what I hate, and if I reject what I hate, I also reject what I love. I can't do that either because I'm a merciful God. And I want to extend mercy to my son's and to my daughters. So here is what God chooses to do. Romans chapter number 8, verses number 1. Therefore, there is now no, somebody shout, no condemnation. Shout again, no condemnation. One more time, shout, no condemnation. Now, now understand, understand. What does it mean to condemn a property? If the city stamps on a building condemnation or condemn, it means that this facility is no longer good for its intended purposes. So as a believer, this is good news because on the inside of me, I am what God loves, but within my flesh, this sinful nature is something that God hates. So the good news is, although you got something that I hate, I say that there is therefore now no condemnation towards you. I will still use you for your intended purposes on the earth. Can somebody just give God a hand clap of praise because of that? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set us, set you free from the law of sin and death. Three, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so, watch this, he didn't condemn you, but
But the Bible declares, and so he condemned sin in the flesh. He didn't, he didn't call you powerless, but through the cross, I made sin powerless in your life. Let, let's, let's back up for a second. I skipped a lot of slides. I want to go back and get them because I want the people of God. I want you to see this. Mm, let's see where I want to go. Go back to Numbers chapter 31, verses number 7. Stop there for a second. Now, now watch this. Look up at me. Now, Balak goes to Balaam, right? He goes to Balaam and he says, I want you to curse the people of God. And you know the whole story. Balaam tried, first of all, he was, you know, trying to be, he was trying to manipulate God. Has a conversation with a donkey. <laughs> God shows him, look, I'm, I'm, I'm running this show. He says, you can go. And uh, every time he wanted to curse him, God would put a blessing in his mouth and he would bless the people of God. He did this three times. Pop, finally, he goes to Balak. <laughs> Because Balak said, I'm going to reward you handsomely. NIV says handsomely. So after the third time of blessing the people that Balak wanted cursed, he says, well, since you won't curse them, I ain't going to bless you. So this handsome reward, you won't receive it. So this is, you would think the story is over, right? It ain't over. You would think Balaam is off the hook because he did not curse the people of God. But this is what the Bible declares, Numbers 31 and 7. They fought against Midian as the Lord commanded Moses and killed every man. Among their victims were, watch this, the five kings of Midian. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. Now, hold on. Balaam should be off the hook because Balaam, he didn't do nothing. He couldn't do nothing. He couldn't pronounce a curse. He couldn't weaken the army of God because they are blessed people. But no, chapter 31, we see Balaam is being dealt with. Why? When we get to verse number 16, this is why Balaam was dealt with. They were the ones who followed Balaam's advice. Now, I can't curse them, Balaam says, but I can give you advice of how they can be cursed. And entice the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the Peor incident so that a plague struck the Lord's people. Now, let's go back and highlight the what the advice was that Balaam gave to King Balak. Numbers 25 and 1, while Israel, Israel was staying at Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to their sacrifices, to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and bowed down before these gods. So Balaam says, I cannot pronounce a curse over them, but if you can entice them into sin, they'll curse themselves. Why do you think the devil is trying to highlight sin in your life? I'm trying to help somebody. But watch this. Watch. I grew up in an old school church where we talked about hell a lot. And, you know, I got saved. When I was young, I got saved like ten times. <laughs> I'm serious. Every time I went to the altar, I just wanted to, matter of God, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the reality is I ain't have to worry about hell after this life. What I needed to be focused on was the hell on earth that I would go through living an undisciplined and unconsecrated life before the Lord. Because what was giving the devil access in my life, again, it was the toys that I was playing with. 
Well, Pastor McGee, you got to help me. You got to help me. It's more than just giving up toys, but it's actually dealing with the entity of sin. And the scripture, I want to go back to Romans. Let's go back to Romans. Where I want to go. Somebody shall bless us, Lord. He's doing just that. Hmm. Before I go, I just want to, I want to. So, so again, if my wife is my sphere of influence, my domain, my, my children, my domain, my, my house, this church, my businesses. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I walk around my properties and I bless my properties. I curse the attack of the enemy in any form that you manifest, both spiritually and naturally. No thief could come here. The devil is a liar. You're not breaking in here. You ain't breaking my windows again. They broke in. Uh, about two years ago, that was the last break-in because I walked around the building this time. Let me spiritually fortify what God has given me. Hmm? Watch this. If you tie the hands of the strong man in the house or a strong woman, the one who has the spirit, whom God himself has given, the Adam, the one whom God has given the spiritual authority, if you, if you tie his hands, I'm trying to help somebody in this place. Then whatever you have a sphere of influence over, now the devil has access to it. So if my hands are tied, my babies now are vulnerable. This church is now vulnerable. And I know you pray. Watch this. Well, li listen, listen. Hear my heart. Hear my I know you're praying for the church, and that's good. But I'm telling you, if my hands are tied, why? Because as pastor, he's given me authority, watch this, in this sphere, in this domain. So if my hands are tied, you can still be praying. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But the devil will still have access because the one who's supposed to be watching, hands are tied. So this little battle that you have in whatever your brand of sin is, the reason you have in your battle with it is because the devil wants to tie your hand so he can spoil all of your goods. So again, how do I deal with this sin? Here it is. Here it is. Thank you, Jesus. You're so wonderful. The scripture declares, Romans 8, 3. 8, 1 says, you're not condemned. 8, 3 says, what I did is I condemned sin. With the, I didn't take it out. Pop, he says, I'm going to separate the wheat from the tares in the end. I'm going to do that both externally and internally, but right now what I'm going to do, I am literally going to weaken the power that's within you. So that's what God did. This is what you got to do. Romans 6, 11 declares, likewise, you must reckon ye also yourselves to be dead unto sin. Say it plainly, pastor. You have to believe that although the dog is barking, he really is tied up. I know it's pulling. I know. I know you can feel it. But just because you can feel it, I'm telling you, it don't have the same power it used to because the book says that he condemns sin in your flesh. So you know what your responsibility is today? You need to actually give sin a notice 
that y'all throw. Do, 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 do. You married now to Jesus. Why is it so easy when you and G go through hard times Why is that so easy? When things get good and you, you go back and you know, I'm so sorry. Lord, forgive me. You know, I love you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And life is good. You're going through promotion and wonderful things. And then, and then life happens again. You go through a challenging time and it seems like God ain't really been good in this season. This person died. This accident happened. That situation transpired. I lost this. That didn't come through for me. And you find yourself back over. And some of y'all have spent years in this dance. And this is why you spent years. Because when you got married, you actually never did give a final notice that I'm done. Y'all looking at me crazy. You never did tell them I'm through for real. Don't call me. You know what? I ain't going to delete your number out of my phone. I'm just going to rename you no, no. So just in case you call me, I won't accidentally. Oh, I don't know this number. Hello? Hey. <laughs> as soon as your name come up, no, no. You never did. I know I'm right. You in this house, you have not given official notice to sin. All you focused on was trying not to, trying to stay away from. But you never did deal with this to say I'm really done. This is what I did with my brothers. Thank God. Brothers, let me hear you say, yeah. yeah. I got all my brothers together. We talked about this. And I asked them to write sin a breakup letter. Write your breakup letter. That's what I charged them to do. Keep your letter on you. I keep it on you. Because she calls at the oddest times. Y'all gonna do me like that. Now, I'm done. <laughs> I was good and married. Good and married. Never forget. We had Aisha, Greg Jr. I think it was Charity. Look, they started the music keep me out of trouble. <laughs> Appreciate that. I'll never forget. I'm in there bathing. My baby getting there. And my wife come in there with the phone. 
Somebody want to talk to you. <laughs> Just tell them I'm, I'm, I'll call them back. No, you need to take this. <laughs> so I said, hello. <laughs> I'm glad she out of here. How you doing? So this was an old girlfriend who called me and she said, you know, I just been thinking, I was wondering if we could just be friends again. Watch this. I thought six years ago that you really did get the memo <laughs> done. But if you got the audacity to call, I got the audacity to let you know boldly right here in front of my wife. We done. We don't need to be friends. We done. We ain't even Facebook friends. You, you know how it strolls up, you know, like you got friends of friends and they suggestion. I hit remove. <laughs> oh, no, 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 let me. What I got is good, but where I'm going is even better. I'm telling you today, what you got with God is good, but what he getting ready to take you is even better. And so, there's an official breakup that you need to give to sin to let him know we're done for real. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read my letter. You, you got your letter? <laughs> so Pop just cleaned his wallet out. You took it out. You can't find y'all. I ain't gonna read. Who? What brothers? What, who? Who got their sin letter? Who got their sin letter? My brother got here. Jeff got it. All right. You got it. Is it okay? All right. You good? You good? It's least near you, because that's some of y'all ain't got the letter. It's sin sneak up on you. <laughs> You show this cute in that red tie. <laughs> what my letter, what my letter, what my letter, what my letter, what my letter. So I challenge the brothers, write your letter. Keep it near you. Keep it on you. Mm, I don't need it all the time. Matter of fact, I've, I, I hadn't read this in months. I pulled it back out. I must confess, I enjoyed the time we spent together. Wasn't seeing fun? Oh, y'all gonna do like that. Y'all gonna do it like that. Sin was miserable. I hated everything. The devil is a lie, and you lying too. I must confess, I enjoyed the time we spent together. You helped me to give expression to my anger. You gave certain creativity to my indulgences. And you helped me with the secrecy plan. I like what we had, but I hated the results of being together. 
I now realize that I cannot have God's blessing in your presence together at the same time. So I choose God. So what does this mean, sin? It means I no longer want you active in my life. And I am now making a choice to refrain from any activity that extends an invitation to you. So my circle of friends has changed. The things I watch have changed. The places that I go have changed because I want nothing to interfere with all that God has in store for me. I want nothing to hinder my love for Jesus. You are no longer welcome. Sincerely, Greg S. McGee Sr. Jack, come here, come here, come here. Just, just get down on, on two knees right there. Get, okay, you're good. So, so what? <laughs> so I cast out demons and I've done spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff. But something broke when I wrote that letter. Had tears in my eyes. Something broke and I didn't know exactly what broke until the next time I actually came encounter with the devil. And I realized what I used to have to wrestle with, I now tell it to bow. And he bows. I look at my children and I see what's fighting them. I talk to them, but then I speak at it. know that there is a balance why is it that I'm talking to you but it seems like you ain't hearing oh I know why now something there and if my hands are tied he has a right to be in my house let me completely untie my hands deal with the thing that gives him authority in my life bring it under subjection so that whenever he shows up you'll know that there's one that's greater than him because greater is he that's in than he that's in Thank you, sir. This is what I want to give you an opportunity to do. I want you to have a conversation with God. And then after you have a conversation with God, I want to give you just a few moments to have a conversation with sin today. To let sin know we're done for real. It ain't just that I ain't doing that no more. Watch, watch the wisdom. Watch the wisdom. This, this is why in, in my teaching, I, I strive, not perfect. I strive not to be so legalistic in, 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 in legalism, not in the traditional sense, but in the sense of standard and barriers, they have their place. But I not, try not to be so legalistic in talking and implementing those because watch this. What someone is free to do, another person, if they even looked at It'll take them back into some dumb. So when I say I'm done with sin, watch this. It ain't just the sin. It's any entrance door, any gateway drug that can have the ability to lead me back to it. 